Hello everybody, this is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. everybody, Dr. Deanna here. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Color Can Heal Your Life. In this episode, I want to talk about blue, blue foods and your brain. I want to talk about the color blue, the colors of foods, and how this connects into brain health. And I know that for most people, brain health is a big deal. I mean, look at the rising rates of things like dementia, cognitive impairment, mood disorders, sleep disorders. You know, sleep is the new medicine for the 21st century, right? So many people are trying to get sleep right. And that all ties into our brain, our brain health. So many different things can harm our brain, whether it's lots of oxidative stress, we've got mitochondrial dysfunction, maybe we've got inflammation. The term that I've heard for that is brain on fire, where we've got so much inflammation this can lead to things like depression and all kinds of uh, just making the brain go haywire. So, and also toxins, poor digestion, toxins, you know, the brain is connected so much to the gut. So we need to take care of our brain and What's really interesting is that we now know of a new term that has emerged in the literature. It's called type 3 diabetes. Type 3 diabetes, which is really looking at the the diabetes of the brain and how, yeah, we know about type 1, which is insulin-dependent diabetes. We know about type 2, which is more of a lifestyle-induced kind of a an insulin resistance, if you will. And now type three, looking at the blood brain barrier, looking at the dynamic in the brain and what happens with insulin and glucose. And as it turns out, insulin, proper levels of insulin are required for how amyloid beta is metabolized in the brain. And if we have too much amyloid beta, this leads to lots of inflammation. Again, back to brain on fire. So I think what's really promising about what we've learned in brain health is that the brain is no longer seen as hardwired or unable to change or static. It's not like when you're born with your brain that basically throughout your life you just continue to lose brain cells and then eventually you just (laughs) kind of peter out. Uh, What we have learned is that the brain is resilient. It's plastic, plastic in a good way. So the different neurons can form interconnections and allow the brain to adapt very well. So if you look at food, and this is before we get into blue-purple foods, I just want to talk about some elements of eating that I believe can be really important for the brain. First and foremost, it's really important to get your blood sugar properly evaluated and to get that in balance, to get that in check. So with high blood sugar and all these foods that are high in glycemic impact, this really does change insulin levels. It changes, uh, it's going to change the, the brain metabolism levels of things like amyloid as we know from the dynamic with insulin. So really important to keep blood sugar in check. 
The other thing is that uh, you want to be sure that you've got a lot of anti-inflammatory fats. A lot of those omega-3 fats are helpful because they're anti-inflammatory. And make sure that however you're eating that's full of color. You know that's something that I'm always talking about is more colorful eating and more variety within those colors. And those colors are connected into things like phytochemicals, phytonutrients, things from plant foods. So what about blue purple foods? Because these are plant foods, you know, things like, you know, what am I talking about here? Typically berries, I'm thinking about blueberries, blackberries, boysenberries, huckleberries, marionberries. There's so many different types of blue purple berries out there. But then there's also things like purple cabbage, eggplant, figs, purple grapes, plums, prunes, raisins, purple potatoes. Have you ever had those? I love purple potatoes and they're lower in glycemic index than something like the starchy yellow or white potatoes and jam-packed with phytonutrients. And then of course there are the less common purple foods, but sometimes they make their way into our markets. Things like purple carrots or purple cauliflower. In fact, I just bought some purple cauliflower. It's so pretty. You know, it's kind of this blue-purple color. And it's not always at the grocery store, so I kind of have to keep an eye out for it. But when it is, I make sure to grab it because I know that blue-purple foods are kind of difficult to come by. They're not very common. So it's pretty well known and this is based on a survey that was done back in, goodness, I think it was 2009 through the America's Phytonutrient Report. And essentially what they showed after surveying, I believe it was over a thousand people, was that most people fell short in purple-blue foods. 88% of people do not get enough blue-purple foods. And 8 out of 10 people have a phytonutrient gap. We're just not getting enough color overall. So there might be some of these blue-purple foods that I'm going to go through that you may not be able to eat. Maybe you have food intolerances or sensitivities or your practitioner has mentioned that you shouldn't eat these things. And so I want you to honor that. This is really just for education and to, to let you know about what I'm finding with blue-purple foods and brain health. So when I look at some of these different foods, I want to tour you through them. And just a couple, just a handful to let you know about some of the science on these foods and how impactful they are. So let's start with purple grapes and grape juice. You know, these are probably one of the easiest ways to get blue-purple foods. So if we look at grapes and grape juice, what we see is that they tend to be anti-inflammatory. They are pretty potent when it comes to their antioxidant activity. We know about their health benefits for cardiovascular health, blood sugar, the brain, just all in all, they're, they're rich in so many different phytonutrients. And you know, a lot of those phytonutrients are contained in the skin. So don't forget to make sure that you have the skin. Make sure that if you can buy organic grapes because grapes tend to be heavily sprayed and have a lot of pesticides. So make sure you choose the smaller grape because then you get more skin to the flesh. And underneath the skin and the skin itself is where you're going to find the most in the way of these phytonutrients. There, so there have been a couple of studies. You know, if you look at um, purple grape juice in general, uh, has been shown in young healthy adults to improve cognition and mood. That was a study published in the European, European Journal of Nutrition in 2017. 
And so that's kind of interesting, right, that it improves reaction time, looking at attention. It helped people to be more calm in this study compared to the placebo. So I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of an interesting spin. In fact, after I read that study, I went out and I bought some Concord grape juice. There is also some other work showing that grape juice helps with um, helping to increase a part of the brain, a certain growth factor of the brain, and this growth factor helps the nerves to grow and respond to growth and to help their survival. So it's important to be looking at that as well. How do we promote the growth of our neurons and keep them healthy? Grape juice is also good for heart health and the reason why is because it helps with inhibiting the kind of the stickiness of the blood. It keeps the blood flowing so that's going to help the brain as well as the heart. And there was a study published some years ago back in I believe 2000 in the Journal of Nutrition showing that when purple grape juice was compared to citrus juices that it was more potent for inhibiting platelets in healthy people. Now if you're already on something like a drug to help reduce the stickiness of platelets, grape juice might actually add to that. So you have to kind of check that out with your practitioner. So kind of interesting, right, that grapes are so essential to helping us with brain function and kind of directly and indirectly too. So here are my tips with grapes. You know, I do think, as I mentioned before, buy organic, try a variety. There are so many different kinds of grapes and all the different kinds of grapes are going to give you different phytonutrients. The seeds and the skins are going to be highest in those phytonutrients too. And don't think that, oh wow, you know, she's talking about grapes, so maybe I should just have raisins because I can eat a lot of raisins. Well, raisins aren't a direct substitute. So you'll want to make sure that you have the grapes or the grape juice. And you know, I'm not a big fan of having high amounts of of juice. I like to have, you know, just a small amount, two to four ounces within the context of a meal and, um, you know, have that for the medicinal benefit. I think that um, some people, especially in the summertime, have also, and I've done this as well, they like to freeze grapes and have that as a tasty snack. So, some ideas there with grapes. Now, the the one I want to talk mostly about is berries. I've already talked about the different kinds of berries, the blackberries, black raspberries. I don't know if you've heard of black raspberries. They actually exist. I even have a black raspberry tea. Blueberries, there's probably the most science for brain health and uh, if we're looking at blue foods on blueberries specifically. In fact, um, what we see with a lot of the cell and in animal studies is that these berries are helping to reduce inflammation, to help with the survival of cells in the brain, to enhance neuroplasticity, all of which are going to be helpful for maintaining the resilience of the brain. So having a bit of these blueberries on a daily basis can help us, can help with uh, blood pressure. One of the studies that I had seen looked at providing freeze-dried blueberry powder or control and helping postmenopausal women with, uh, with, with stage one pre-hypertension uh, and, and stage one kind of classic hypertension. So even, uh, you know, a single serving of blueberries is not very much. You know, I'm thinking of 
about half a cup of blueberries on a daily basis and if we can put that into our smoothie you know overall if we have more in the way of blueberries over time it helps us with reducing our rates of cognitive decline and uh, you know primarily we see a lot of this coming from a lot of the animal work there are some human studies as well where people are given blueberries and then we're looking at improving how it, their cognition is improved. In fact, there was a study published in 2017 in the European Journal of Nutrition. It was a relatively small study and essentially it found that after having freeze-dried blueberry, and that was about 24 grams per day, which is roughly the equivalent of one cup of fresh blueberries, that over time over this 45 to 90 day interval that people that had the blueberries had some improvements in their verbal learning scores. So that's great. And then also uh, when blueberries are given to children that there is some benefit too for them in the way of cognitive performance and also mood. You know, the, um, blueberries are rich in flavonoids, and flavonoids are great mood modulators. So here are some of my tips for blueberries. The smaller the berry, the greater the nutrient density. So choose, much like grapes, choose those smaller berries because you want the skin. And make sure you do, if you can, get them as organic. And when you are eating them, right before you eat them, make sure you wash them well. And don't forget that frozen blueberries are a really good option that for the most part what I've seen is that you can preserve a lot of the phytonutrients even within freezing. So if you feel like, oh my gosh, it's not blueberry season, how do I get blueberries? No worries, you can get the frozen blueberries and have benefit from that. Now, what about blue-purple vegetables? So I just talked about grapes and blueberries. What about blue-purple vegetables? Well, you know, whenever you can choose purple carrots go for it they tend to contain more than double the amounts of carotenoids than orange carrots so that's fantastic right and they also taste better they're prettier they taste better there's also eggplant eggplant is is rich in things like flavonoids fiber some B vitamins and that's all really helpful for the brain as well purple kale instead of green kale. If you ever get the option for purple kale at the grocery store, first of all, it's very pretty. And you're going to have more of these blue-purple pigments that will be brain protective. So see if you can change up your, your kale when you go to the store. Now, purple cabbage is more or less available. It's not like it's just a seasonal thing. So that's one surefire way to get a purple vegetable. And, um, you know, just something that can be commonly woven into, into a variety of different meals. And as I mentioned, purple potatoes. Purple potatoes are really tasty. They have a lower glycemic response than the yellow potatoes. And in general, they're just going to have more of these blue-purple phytonutrients that are important for the brain. So try it out and see how many blue-purple foods you can get this week. Maybe, you know, just have a piece of paper and just see if you can tabulate how many blue-purple foods you can get. In my books, like in the Rainbow Diet, the book I just came out with in January of 2018, I have a couple of different recipes that will help with blue-purple foods. So one of them is 
kind of a, a berry freeze. It's using green tea, which is also really good for the brain. Frozen mixed berries and, you know, bringing in blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. Blackberries are also really good for the brain. Bringing in some coconut milk, some pomegranate juice, blending that up and very tasty, right? And uh, the green tea can be helpful as a base. And then I also have a dessert. You know, it's, it's so funny. Whenever I have a gathering and I'm making a dessert for it, usually I'm making some kind of berry cobbler. So where I take a number of the different berries, blueberries and blackberries, I'll put them in a baking dish, a glass baking dish, along with some oil like coconut oil, and then I'll put a crumble on top. And that crumble usually has some spices like cinnamon and cardamom. I might have some gluten-free oats, or I might just have some uh, chopped nuts for people who don't do oats. And sometimes I'll take a little bit of brown rice flour and uh, mix all that together, crumble that on top, and then put that in the oven. All, all the details on all these recipes, by the way, are in the Rainbow Diet. And then one of my favorites is to make, I call it the Zesty Purple Spiral Salad. So taking the purple cabbage, shredding it up, and putting that together with um, a number of different things, like other vegetables, some pine nuts, some flaxseed oil, some lemon juice, some lemon zest, and a little bit of honey. It makes for a really nice adjunct to a lunch or even a dinner. All right, so there you go. Blue foods and the brain. See what you can do this week to get some more in the way of blue purple foods and let me know how you did. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.